0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. the Sports Card Nobody, and this is another episode of the Sports Card Nobody podcast. I have got for you a phenomenal conversation with two of the coolest, smoothest dudes in the sports card hobby. I'm talking Cousin Oz, the People's Mailman, and Cousin Tony the Architect, the tag team champions that are the Cousins Collectibles podcast. We are talking sports cards, we are talking Philly sports, we're talking legends and passions and everything about life. And fear not, because if you tune in every week because you enjoy my top five countdown, well the three of us, Oz, Tony, and myself, we have a tremendous fun top five countdown at the back end of our conversation, so absolutely stick around for that. In the meantime, listen, if you are enjoying anything I'm doing here, please reach out and let me know. You can find me at SportsCardNobody on Instagram. I'm at SportCardNobody on Twitter. And of course, if you're enjoying this, like and subscribe, leave a review, do all that fun stuff because it helps the show grow. But you know what? More than anything, please, please share this. Share this with friends. Share this with family. Share this with anybody you think might care about anything I have to say here on this program, but enough about me, enough about the teases and the promos and all that garbage, because it is time for your main event of the show. Welcome, Oz, Tony, the Cousins Collectibles Podcast. What up everybody, it's your boy, Cousin Shane, and that's actually not my thing. Nope, that's the thing, are the two dudes I've got on the show today. The Cousins Collectibles podcast, boys. I've got Cousin Oz and Cousin Tony. Gentlemen, I am so stoked to have you guys on. I was on your show like a week or two ago, and now you're here. This is awesome. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Shane. That, that was pretty cool. I was like, wait,
0: what's going on? Is he really serious? <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was a good one. That was
2: yeah, man, that was good. Thank you for having us. I was like, oh wow, okay.
0: Yeah, nice. you gotta steal from the best, right? <laughs> steal from the best. So, <laughs> no, I I really appreciate it. This is awesome having you guys on. Like I said, uh, not just kissing butts, but you know, one of my favorite podcasts that comes out every week. It's you know high in the priority list to listen to you guys. For anybody who's listening to listening to this show that hasn't, you should definitely go check out what these guys are doing. But, um, but right, you know, let's just jump right into this. You know, guys, this is the you know first time you're on my show. Just like uh, you know, I do with everybody, we're gonna get your whole story. You know, you guys were born, you uh became growing men, and somewhere in between you started collecting. Tell me about that hobby journey, man. What brought y'all here?
2: Well, yeah, go ahead, Oz. You go first because he kind of influenced me into getting back. <laughs> so I let him go first.
1: Well, you know, we we were actually uh, born in Redding, Pennsylvania. A lot of people get it confused that we're from Philly. You know, Reading's like the uh redheaded stepchild of Philadelphia, but we are four for four. Philly fans and, uh, you know, collected as a kid, it's, you know, same story, you know, and it it, it basically stopped in high school. Uh, once high school was over, you know, you got college, you got the ladies, you got the career, marriage, kids, you know, in that order. So life happened and cars just kind of went by the wayside. And uh, one, I believe it was a baptism party. One day my brother was over, we were actually hosting it here. We were in my man cave we started reminiscing and for some reason I was just compelled to go get some of my cards. And I was like, damn, you know, I was like, bro, I got some cards. He's like, Oh yeah. He's like, I've been hearing some stuff about that in the news, you know, that's, that's kind of picking up. And I was like, yeah, and this was right around, you know, when the, the pandemic hit, you know, so the, the, the all the news surrounding the cards blowing up and stuff like that, it just kept coming out. Boom, boom, boom. So I was like, I think I got some stuff. And then I was like, man, you know, I got these, uh, You know Michael Jordan, the Locker Series. So I pulled these out, and you know a bunch of junk wax up in here. And the main thing was this was my first purchase was a 1989 Hoops basketball. You know, so it was in this little box here, and I got this out of uh, the back of a furniture company. It wasn't even a real hobby place. It was a guy that was just selling cards out of the back of his store. I had to save up my money to get this box set. So it was the 1989, and it was actually the David Robinson, you know, rookie card year. So these were my first, you know, big purchases there. Um, like I said, that that I pulled these out, and I started showing my brother, and then we started doing some comps on eBay. And you know, those first comps that show up that are like ridiculous. Like if you're not sure, you know, too in tune with it. So there was like Magic Johnson cards going for eight thousand dollars. You know, base cards of the of the same you know 89 hoops at all They're like eight thousand dollars seven thousand i'm looking at my brother i'm like bro we're rich yeah yeah i'm like if, if i get these graded and they come back at 10 dude i'm rolling in the dough so that kind of like you know got the gears going then i obviously realized mm, i think i gotta do a little bit more work here this is I, i'm not rich just yet um but in the meantime i was like damn i need a partner you know so i'm I'm reaching out to my cousins nobody's really biting. And then the one day reached out to Tony and Tony's like, ah, that's a Ponzi scheme. That's a bunch of crap. I was like, nah, bro. I said this, I think this is legit, dude. You know, and it's, you know, I'm not saying it's a get rich quick scheme, but it's kind of dope what's going on in the hobby. You should, you know, collect with me, you know, you're good into sports. You should. Yeah. I eh, think about it. And this is, you know, going on for weeks. And then I'll let Tony, you know, let you know what happened from there.
2: Yeah. So from there um, and you know, I, same thing. I had, Bunch of junk wax cards when I was a kid. I actually had like, the one set I did complete when I was a kid, believe it or not, was the Ninja Turtles set. I was obsessed with freaking getting those cards. And at the time, I think they were like a 25 cents a pack or something like that. So that was just it was weird. We don't we didn't have any hobby shops where we grew up, but that was something that um it was like at a local like gas station type thing that you know, I'd just go in and i and would have packs and I would just so I, I'm pretty sure I, I completed it where it is, I have no idea. I wish I would, you know, would have had that just because for the nostalgic reasons. But um fast forwarding to 2021-ish. Yeah, because I mean I missed like I didn't even you know that whole boom. I was just wasn't paying attention to that. And you know, the one day we're sitting, um, we're watching uh, I think the Sixers were playing and and often myself, Oz, and another cousin of ours would text during the game, you know, we're just talking crap, like this team sucks, you know, typical Philly stuff. And we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, and, uh, so, you know, and all of a sudden I says something about, uh, he sends a, Oh, a picture of, of, a of a card. I forget which yeah. card it was. And, and, uh, I'm like, ah, dude, get out of here. You just got that from Google or something like that. Well then he then proceeds to send another photo and it addressed, uh, rather uh, scantily clad. And... Uh, Where is this going? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a unique picture. I will say that. But let's uh, just say,
1: it, you know, because I'm had i I'm busting out all these cards. I'm proud of them. So I'm sending the pictures. I'm like, yo, check out these cards. Tony's like, man, you got those off of Google. I was like, oh, yeah? <laughs> so I, cl- I clear off my pool table. I had just got home from work because I'm a mailman. And I had taken off my, you know, my uniform. So I have my T-shirt and my boxers on and that's it. So I... I, I <laughs> I lay them down strategically on the pool table. I do my little pose on the pool table, take a selfie.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey man, that's how you sell yeah. it. Man. And I was like, now what?
2: <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. All right. So, you know, these are, you know, you're, this is legit. And you know, after that photo, here, here I am. So yeah.
0: That's, so that's what got, that's yeah, what got me, me in. Yeah. Uh, the scantily cl- clad. Yeah. Cards yeah,
2: yeah I'm right. all about taking, you know, weird pics on a pool table <laughs> with cards. So
0: yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I, I need to see that on the the Instagram soon, <laughs> gentlemen, real soon. has <laughs> well, got to get I posted. <laughs> I think I <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have led with that at the national when you were on the yeah, stage. Right? <laughs> yeah, anyways, <laughs> we, were, we were keeping that for this show particular.
1: You know what I mean? This is your story.
0: Hey, we we are now off to the the best start I've ever <laughs> had. This is the first time I've heard about a scantily clad guest in their <laughs> boxers. That's amazing. Yeah,
2: yeah, we've never told that story. So there you go.
0: incredible all right so um so you know philly's a special city i've gotten to go there a couple times you know the the history the cheesesteak the mummers there's a lot of reasons to go visit but you know we're here for the cards so next time i get to go visit obviously other you know other than hanging out with you boys what's a good way for me to go get my hobby fix out there
2: well, first, uh, there's actually, and it's, this is right up your alley, man. There's a, there's a uh, a uh, hobby shop in Philadelphia called Suplex Cards.
0: All right, yeah, you're not lying. That is right up my alley.
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, and they have. I, I actually stopped there. It was. Uh, it's been months now. I was just kind of out that way picking up. I actually was picking up my daughter for school, and she lives. She goes to school out in in the Philadelphia area, and uh, real nice shop. You know, clean and um, check it out. Definitely check it out. But, um, you all know, right. but the the main and I'll let Oz talk about the other one, but um, the main show that is in this area is called the Philly Card Show. And that's one of the bigger ones uh, on the East Coast. And it's actually coming up now in September, September 23rd to the 25th. And we're actually excited about that because, you know, it's the card show, but next door in the same kind of building and all that is uh, RetroCon big toy, okay. big toy show, um, you know, all that good stuff. Um, so, you know, if you want to get that hot toy fix, yeah, <laughs> come on down. And I'm trying to retire. Yeah. Don't put me back in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's something that we'll be talking about that coming up in, in in a future episode, but that's something we're definitely looking forward to because we're going to be able to get the toy stuff and I'll let Oz answer it, you know, is because he's kind of dabbling into that a little bit more than I am, but it's just, that's definitely something you want to talk about going down memory lane. That's definitely something that, that, um, you know, takes you there, but back to the Philly card show that is, it's huge, man. It's, um, it used to be held in the Valley Forge casino and they moved it. Now it's going to be in Oaks, Pennsylvania, and it's going to be in a bigger, uh, facility, a lot more parking. Um, the word is they're going to have even more tables. So that, I think that's like, I don't know, maybe 500 table show plus something like that. So yeah. And, you know, and it runs the gamut from, you know, vintage all the way up. Do you guys set up at that
0: or do you go as guests, just like buyers?
2: No. Yeah. We've never set up there. That's, um, man, that's a tough show to get into actually, you know, it's, um, it's one of those where people are grandfathered in and, you know, and stuff okay. like that. So, I mean, you, you know, where there's a will, there's a way, sure. But, um, it's not like you're just going to roll up and say, I'm here to set up. Cause you know, there's 400 people in front of you.
1: <laughs> yeah. We don't got that cloud just yet. You know, but, <laughs> but speaking of, of the other show is the uh, Fishtown card show. It was promoted by Brett Kazatsky, which, you know, it was awesome. I remember Tony had hit me up the one day. He was like, dude, I just seen on uh, Instagram. There's a guy saying that he has some tables available at the uh, Fishtown card show. You want to you want to go ahead and get one? I'm like, bro, we're not dealers. You know, we just started collecting. Like, what are you talking about? I'm setting up at a show. I've never sold a card in my life. You know what I mean? I've traded, but, you know, I'm collecting to collect. I, I'm not going to put my PC out there for everybody to, you know, pick at. He's like, bro, we got to do it, got to do it. And I was like, you know what? We do. Let's do it. Just just for, you know, the, to get the experience and get out there and see what it's all about to be on the other side of the table, you know, because you're so used to going to these shows and and the dealer always has the upper hand and it, it's just, you know, I said, you know, it'd probably be pretty cool to get on that other side and see how it works. And uh, we were able to get set up and uh, Delco Rips, right, Tom? Yes, sir. Yep. And we got the table and it was i mean it was it was a blast it was fun as hell we set up and the show was great uh at the fir- first show was like what about a hundred tables
2: yeah something like that and and then when when you know when and when i says the fishtown Card show that that's a neighborhood name in you know this the show is actually in the city of philadelphia which yep. there are not a lot of shows in in the actual city so you know, a, this, R- this is, is, yeah this this is rivers casino yeah, this is held in a casino. So you know, parking is easy. It's easy to get in and out. And actually at the time of recording, it, it's it's the show is going on today. You know, today yeah. being uh August twenty eighth. So um so that show is actually going on right now. Yeah.
0: Okay. So so you said um you had fun being on the other side of the table. Uh, did you find, like, did you feel like you had an advantage as a setting up like a dealer? Did you make a lot of deals? With, you know, yeah. what actually happened when transactions? It was a trip,
1: you know what I mean? First time, it, you know, you, you get nervous, you get butterflies because you have no clue what to expect. Mm. You just walk in, you see all these tables, you see the linens, the music's playing. Brett's a DJ himself, so he, you know, he's big on, on having music in the background. So it was just a whole vibe, and then you're there, and then people just start coming. You know, and it's like bam, and they're looking at your stuff. At one point, you had you know five, six people at your table. and They have all your cards, and like I said, it's my piece. Mm. So now I'm super nervous, and I'm looking at Tony. I'm like, bro, <laughs> yeah, like keep an eye on that dude. I'm I don't know. And then one person's <laughs> question, but you do, you know what I mean? That that's the advantage. You know, people are coming up to you where when you're walking the 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 floor, and you have your little case or whatever you got going on. You gotta hope that somebody's interested in what you have and that the uh, dealer actually makes time for you. But you know, when you're the dealer, everybody, boom, they're coming to your table and you're making it happen. And
0: uh, is that something, did you enjoy doing it? Is that something you're going to do more
1: often? I think we'll do it periodically. It's, I don't, you know, like I said, we're not dealers. Um, Mm. And I I'm, I'm a collector, you know, Tony knows I'm, it, it, it hurts me. When I sell something, you know, like I physically feel like a part of me is leaving me. And and there's times where I just think about, damn, I had that card. Damn, I had that card. Shit, I sold that car. You know, and it's like, man. <laughs> and I look yeah. back at what I, you know, the money's good. You know, I made a lot of money in these last two shows and it's great. And that's, you know, I've been using that money to fund, you know, toys and, and other things and other cars that I've been getting into now. Um, you know, and there's some cars that you outgrow. And that you're willing to sure. part with. But then there's other cars that, like I said, were part of my PC that I'm like, I'm never going to see that one again. You know,
0: but- I really completely feel you on that one. You know, you guys alluded to earlier, you know, I'm a hot toys collector, retired, I always say. And just recently I've been posting a bunch of my hot toys figures on eBay. I've already sold a couple. Um, and even though they've just been sitting in the closet for, I don't know, a year and change, actually, you know, I have some that I display, but a lot of them have been just sitting in my closet. It still kind of feels hollow yeah. selling them, yeah. but at the same time, it's you know I'm trying to convince myself. Well, I'm trying to buy other cards, and if I'm going to buy the cards, I can't just keep spending my normal income. I have to figure out how to generate other types of income. The hot toys just make sense. Are they just going to sit in the closet and do nothing, or can they help get some more cards for my for my PC? But I have that collector's mentality big time. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and
1: collector hoarder,
0: whatever you want to call it.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah
2: and that that i can get behind you know how you're saying you're, you're selling off your hot toys our, our thing is like you know if you want to really be a true dealer you're probably gonna have to buy stuff that you don't necessarily like that you're just buying to move right. and that's not and we talk about that a lot on our show that's just something that i don't want to get into because i just don't want to get stuck with stuff i don't i don't like and unfortunately you know that's if i want to live the dealer life i'm gonna have to buy the you know, the hot guys of the moment and stuff like that. I'm like, eh, it's just not, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I, have done some of that. I've done, I've, I've definitely bought some things specifically cause I thought, okay, I might be able to sell this later. You know, who knows? Especially when I was, when I really first starting to dive into it deeper cause I, I definitely got into it as a collector first and foremost, that's where my head was at. Uh, but as you learn more, you know, you kind of get interested in, okay, can I get the hobby to fund the hobby and, hundred percent. If if I want to keep my Bret Hart card, then that doesn't help me fund the hobby. Yeah. So I, I've definitely dabbled. I've had some successes. I just sold an Aaron Judge, you know, rookie cards. I think I doubled or more than my more than that my money on that. But then I've lost money on other cards that are now sitting, you know, in my drawer next to me that I have no interest in keeping. You know, I had only bought it thinking maybe I could flip this one later. And that kind of, you know, that sucks. I hate the fact that I've got cards I don't really feel as passionate about. Instead of the money I could have spent on that for something I was passionate about. Um, So it's a weird weird sort of headspace to be in when you're trying to be a collector and also trying to find a way to make money. But I'm definitely, at some point, I would like to do what you guys have done. We're set up at a show just to get that experience and, and kind of see that side of the world that I don't know anything about. You know, there's a lot of people that I, that I follow or that I've become friendly with that do it regularly, go to shows all the time. And they have all these like really just good stories that come from it, not only just the sales. So at one point, I I think I want to dabble like you guys are doing and and just see, you know, I don't know, something local, some vet center, you know, who knows. But I don't know at some point, but, uh, but all right, uh, let's move on. So you guys are obviously Eagles fans. (laughs) So be honest, they finally got over the hump. They were able to win a Super Bowl in a pretty unlikely situation against the Patriots. Nick Foles of all people was the guy, <laughs> was the guy that took on the title. How much trouble did you guys get into that night? <laughs> I'll go first. I got laid. That that was my trouble. I mean, I
1: hosted the Super Bowl party, you know what I mean? We were going nuts, going crazy, hugging, you know, crying this that and the third and then it was like, "All right, everybody get out. Let's go." You know, took- boxers and pool table. Hey, Here exactly. we go. I took-, <laughs> I took put her on the pool table and it it was a wrap. And then when I was done with that, I was like, all right, you get out. You know. And then it was like, all right, man, take time. <laughs> Let me watch this again. Make sure it was real. Pinch myself. Yeah. Crying again like a little baby. You know. Never thought Nikki Six, Nikki Foles would you know be able to pull it out against Tom Brady and the Patriots, Bill Belichick. I mean, that talk about you know crazy, unbelievable. You know storybook fairy tale ending it, it, it that was an amazing
2: season man yeah um i just got out of jail last week so
0: <laughs> um <laughs> i love the i love the picture you've just been recording all these from jail for yeah all this yeah got <laughs>
2: jail has a hell of a wi-fi if you if you know the right people <laughs> um no uh yeah same thing uh as far as like just uh i watched it from home and you know our, our house was full i had tons of people and um Actually, my dad flew up from Florida, which was nice. So, Um, but yeah, dude, I had a hell of a hangover. Um, That was, that was talk about a roller coaster of emotions. uh, Because that, dude, I was drained, man. It was like, you know, there was, there was highs, there was lows. I'm like, this is the part, this is like, I'm like, this is the part where, you know, the, the the shoe falls off and we just yeah. we, we do we, what we, we typically do not
1: understand. Tony the eternal pessimist. So when Carson Wentz, <laughs> who was having an MVP season up until that point, mm-hmm. and when he when he tears his ACL, it's like Tony and my other cousin Bobby they're like, oh, it's over, it's done, blah blah blah. You know, let's wrap. Let's start looking forward to the Sixers or whoever the hell you know, baseball coming next. And I'm like, dude, relax. You know, pull out that little old Aaron Rodgers. You know, R E L A X. Relax. Oh, we got this. We got Nikki Six. They're like Nick Foles, Come on, man.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, so to answer your question, yeah. Um I didn't, I didn't get arrested that night, but yeah, I definitely had a, a, a fun. And I don't think I, and I mean, I guess this is the podcast where we can just men can be men, I guess, but I, I don't, I don't think anybody, I don't think there was anybody in the Philadelphia area that didn't get
0: laid that night. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. All the, all the, um, the video that was coming out of those celebrations, it seemed like there was a, a lot of that going yeah, on. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, so I've been a little bit fortunate because I'm a Lakers fan mm-hmm. I'm a Niners fan the Niners haven't won since 94. I was very young when they won, but uh, a huge Dodgers fan. And they had won when I, in 88, I was five years old when they won that world series. So I, I've always maintained that. I I don't remember. I, I don't remember a single pitch from that world series. So they'd never won in my lifetime. And finally in 2020, they, 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 they got over the hump and finally won. I was, all the emotions were there. And uh, I tried to convince my wife that we should have a uh, a World Series baby, but she she didn't go for that. So we ended up having our second baby a little while later, but just missed the World Series. So I can definitely uh, relate to those um, emotions. But anyway, all right. So obviously, Big Eagles fans, big uh, big emotions about that. But I I gotta ask this because I've got um. One of my closest friends in the world is is a Philly guy. Huge, huge Eagles guy. Uh in fact, I hate to tell other people's stories, but he bet uh a hefty sum of money against the Eagles because he was trying to hedge his bet. He's like if I if they lose, nice. I, I'm gonna win this bet. But if they win, I don't care about the money. Mm-hmm. And it worked out for him, obviously, in the way that he actually would have preferred. But, um, but man, I know when you mention a certain name to him, you get a really visceral reaction. I'm curious if it's similar for you guys. Eli Manning, is he a Hall of Famer or no? <laughs> uh, uh, there, there's your answer. Uh. <laughs> he's, an, he's an Iron Man, you know. Yeah, yeah got to give him that.
1: I, I guess. I mean, those two Super Bowls, they beat the Patriots. He kind of did a Nick Foles Twice. type, you know. Mm-hmm job there. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, if you got the longevity, he uh he beat this, you know, freaking the Patriots twice. He beat the GOAT. Yeah, why not? What the hell? Everybody else gets in there.
0: Yeah, see, that's the thing about football, right? It seems the Hall of Fame has a little bit more of a a you know, a window for you to get in. Um because I, I don't know where I fall either. You know, as a completely I don't I have no real uh skin in the game on on him. Um but still a 500 record for your career is not that Amazing, but there are the two Super Bowls. Is that enough to carry you there? I think I kind of fall in line with you similarly, where I, I would just sort of say, I guess, I guess you should get in, but I. I don't
2: it's know. tough because when you when you hear the term Hall of Famer, that should resonate like this dude is a baller. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, I'll give credit where credit's due. I mean, you know, they the guy goes out and beats you know the machine twice, so that that's great. But you know, but then there was times where you know, <laughs> there's, he had that look on the sideline, you know, there's famous photos and, you know, the hair is all messed up and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, but yeah, I, it's, 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 it's an, I guess, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not a definite, yeah, right away. Like, you know, you right. say and somebody being else. a
1: Philly fan is like, we own the Giants. We owned Eli. Like,
2: so anytime
1: we played the Giants, it was like W, you knew it. And we, we would bust <laughs> his ass. So we look at Eli, like he's a joke. You know what I mean? Right. Rub. And then to everybody else, he's like,
0: no, no, no. Eli's good. And we're like, man, he's a punk. You know what I mean? We used to whack. Man, that's tough. A guy going to the Hall of Fame who who an entire fan base thought of as an automatic W. Yeah. That's a that's a hard knock on the resume right there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hell well.
0: <laughs> all right. So the Eagles love is well established. You guys did say you're four for four in the Philly sports teams, though. So your hearts lie with with all four of the teams. So you're, you're Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. But uh, you guys just recently got the Super Bowl, but I'm curious. Where do your loyalties really lie? If you could only pick one more for the rest of your guys' lifetimes, would you go Super Bowl, World Series, see the Sixers get a title, or see the Flyers pull it off? Super Bowl. Another Hands Super down. Bowl.
2: Really? Hands down.
0: Another Super Bowl. No, no
2: doubt. doubt. Huh? For me, no doubt. It's For me, there's two seasons. It's football season and waiting for football season. No doubt. <laughs> All right.
1: I now, now, Now I know why you are with basketball the way you are you know what I mean but listen an NBA championship you know we won back in 83 I think I was what eight years old really doesn't resonate I don't remember that so and then we had to go through this whole damn process you know we got Joel Embiid I mean I want to see Joel Embiid hoist that trophy baby you know what I mean that's what I want to see you know just for all the that he's had to go through and the city has to had to go through and the jokes and this and that and the losing man that'll be just cathartic just to see that.
2: Mm. If,
1: if Nikki hadn't won that, you know, the the Super Bowl obviously yeah, that would have been the one, but we got one. I, I got to see, you know, technically in my
0: watching lifetime of basketball, I got to see them hoist the trophy. I uh, I love that answer man cuz again, I completely relate when it was came to the Dodgers finally getting over that hump. Um so I guess since we're on the Sixers real quick, what do you what do you feel about the squad coming up? I mean, Harden seems like he's getting in shape, made that, you know, change his contract to help add some more depth. Yeah. What do you think? I think I believe it when I see it.
1: Um mm. we we still need some shooters uh and I was hoping, you know, you you hear the rumors, the KD rumors. Yeah, you know, I, I think honestly, I think we need one more superstar. Not not just a, a good role player. I think we need another, you know, superstar um Tobias Harris, he, he's good, but he's not great, you know. Sure. He he's a good it, I, he's a good fourth, you know. What I mean fourth guy on on the roster there. So,
0: and you know, I, I mean, it feels like the NBA became that, like yeah. you know, where you really need three mm-hmm. legitimate guys to get to really win, even regularly, yeah. right? It, it just, I mean, it's tough. I mean, started with that Boston Celtics team, at least you know, from more of a modern mm-hmm. era where you had the big three, and there's, a lot of the teams that have been able to do it had at least three guys. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still, I don't know what to think about Harden. You know, I like to hear that he's getting in shape, but it feels like he's the type of guy, I don't know, to be as polite as possible, just isn't a winner. Yeah. You know, same way I used to think about Westbrook, and he came to the Lakers, and I really had to do a lot of mental, gymna- mental gymnastics to root for him. But it just feels like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like they're cut from a similar yeah. cloth. Yeah. I, I yeah. think with Harden, we'll see.
1: it's just he has to be the point, you know, the ultimate point guard. You know, we don't need him to average mm. 40. But you know, twenty ten and ten, Just give me that, sure, and and we're good to go.
0: Staying on the Philly conversation, Philly's got a little bit of a uh, a reputation with their sports fans for being, I don't know, difficult to put it politely. <laughs> but I mean, you guys are there, you're in the thick of it. What do you guys think, man? Does Philly get a, a bad rap, or are they really deserving of the reputation that precedes them? I'm so glad you asked
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes and no. So uh, for me, and I just speaking, because, you know, I, I'll I'll just destroy my, you know, when I'm at home, like when I'm at, I'm, I'm watching a game live, I, I don't do that. Um, but it's um, one of those things where we're big on effort, huge. Okay. So, um, and there's a guy playing in Brooklyn right now who, you know, showed lack of effort and stuff. And that's why he got treated the way he did. It's just, is it fair? I don't know. But, you know, we're just keeping it real. Like, you know, if, if you're going to be making the money that you're making and you're just going to half-ass things and, and not really care, we're, we're going to let you know about it.
1: Who's um, that?
0: I'm not saying his name.
1: I'm going to say his name. <laughs> ben,
0: mother-effing Simmons. <laughs> so, so, wait, you guys are not a fan of no, Ben Simmons. No, definitely is that, not. Philly doesn't. Okay. No, do wasn't definitely sure. Definitely not. But, um, I, you know, I have booed my team. You
2: know, it, it's just – Dude, you can't it can't always be roses and butterflies. Okay. So like, you know, and 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 we expect, we just expect you to care and try. That, that that's huge. Now, you know, you're never, you're not always gonna succeed. That's that's you know, a thousand percent. Now I will say I've never thrown a snowball, I've never thrown a battery, uh, I've never spent the night in uh jail in in, in the stadium, things of that nature. Um, are there jerks? Yes, absolutely. A thousand percent. I mean, I've been to games where I've taken my wife and I'm like, oh man, these guys are just being total jerks. But that's not unique to Philadelphia. It's yeah. you know, if, if you go anywhere else that you're gonna see it at some point or another. Just open up, the you know. 40 centers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we're talking about <laughs> <So>, Philly. <Philadelphia. man.
2: laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean that's that's not unique. It's just one of those stigmas now that it's it always, you know, it just it is what it is and it gets, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I say this all the time. I mean, I, I've reached a point maybe now because I'm, I'm married with kids, but I hate every fan base. I don't I don't think there's a, a, a fan base that exists, including my own teams that I that I love to hear and see everything they do. And I mean, the Dodgers, especially. It, it, it seems like every year there's just this, there's like video after video of Dodgers fans fighting each other, which is bizarre, <laughs> right. but it is what it is. Uh, and I legitimately, you know, reached a point when I was living out in Los Angeles, I, I would season tickets at Dodger Stadium. Um, I would try to get tickets that would get a little bit away from some of the riffraff mm-hmm. is the best way I can put it. And I think the Dodgers, you know, is, there's a, way more good fans than bad fans. But, of course, the negativity is always what people want to talk about and want to see. And I and I just think it's true everywhere. You know, Boston gets a bad, uh, a bad rap. Uh, and I'm sure that there's fans that are out there that are doing the things that deserve it. I also know a ton of Boston fans who are phenomenal. Same thing with with uh, New York fans, Yankees and Mets. Um, I've been to you know I, I've been to games in Philly and and I've certainly had some people giving me side eyes, and I've had plenty of fans who are happy to talk with me, you know, and have a good time just at the game. So yeah, I'm pretty big on every fan base sucks, and it just is what it is, and try to try not to be one of the folks that adds to it, yeah. I guess. But I um,
1: just, you know, with with Philly, it's like it's it's an easy lazy narrative that's perpetuated by the media and you know you just hear it every sunday you know whether it's football or if you're watching you know basketball and then you just hear it and then it's like oh yeah philly's the worst and it's like "Ah."
0: yeah that actually is a big thing that i hear from from people that i'm close with that are from philly is that it really is just lazy and once once the narrative took hold now it's just an area that everybody runs Mm -hmm. with and you just good luck ever getting out of that um but yeah, all right, yeah. So let's let's get a little more positive. Um, so I again, I was super honored to be on you in your guys' show last week, and and you asked me about the fact that I got to meet one of my childhood icons in Bret Hart. Uh, but Oz, you actually have a story as well. You got to meet somebody who's pretty, um, I guess a hero to a lot of people. You got to meet the answer himself alan iverson at the national you do a little meet and greet is that right
1: that is correct sir that was definitely that's a story that i'll never forget and that i love to tell i mean it's funny because i had all intentions before the national i got the vip that we spoke of so i'm thinking hey i'm gonna have access to alan iverson because i get 12 free autographs. So, bam, I'm already good, you know. I'm thinking he's he's part of the the crew. I didn't know there was like 12 scrubs that you can get autographs from <laughs> that you had to pay, you know, 150 for the autograph for, you know, depending on what you're getting signed. If it's a rookie card, it's even more and and if you want a picture, it's another 150 and, you know, I was like, "Damn, I don't know. I, I I'll pass. I'll pass. I, I you know, I'll look at him from afar." <laughs> and then um we're just going through the national and we come across a booth, uh, an artist named Ken Carl. And Tony, it's funny because Tony a couple of weeks beforehand, before the national, he had sent me uh, one of Ken Carl's cards that he did, a 101 of Alan Iverson. And he's like, bro, check this out and I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. That's dope. I said that's that's like a work of art. And he's like, yeah bro, this is awesome And I was like, and I was tempted to get it, but I just like life happened and I forgot. And then here we are at the booth, and it's right there. It's the first card that you see, the Allen Iverson 101 that he did. And I was like, wow. I was like, how much, man? He's like, I'm willing to work a deal. So I was like, well, you know, he had it for 400 And I said, you know, 300 He's like, yeah, yeah, $300. right, cool, boom. He goes, now you know you got the card. Allen's coming up soon. You got to get the signature. You know, you got to get get him to sign it. And I'm like, yeah. You know what? You're right. I I might as well do it. I said, I'm not going to have another shot or opportunity like this, you know, with this type of card and, you know, in the national, what the hell, why not? So I got my ticket. Next thing you know, it's like a four hour wait until I, you know, get get everything completed, but it was, you know, worth it. So Tony's like, bro, I'll see you in four hours. I'm going to go do my thing. You know, I got, I got grills to chase. You go have fun standing in line. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool. So I'm standing there and everybody you know they're talking and all of a sudden the Allen Iverson hate starts coming up you know it's like these people like I told Tony dressed up in all Dallas gear or you know other fan bases because they they announce over the the loudspeaker you know Allen Iverson is coming out for pictures now he will be wearing his mask so if you don't want to take the picture you know we'll give you the money back and then of course I'm like I'm, I'm going to there and meet Alan. I don't care. Everybody else that's not Allen Iverson fan, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is why he's a punk. He's 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 worthless. He's this. He's that. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, man, screw you guys. You know, go get your Drew, Drew Pearson autograph or whoever the hell you're here for and and, and let me uh, <laughs> enjoy my moment with Alan Iverson. So finally, I get to the picture. You know, he daps me up, gives me a hug. I'm like, yo, what up, Bubba Chuck? You, I can see, you know, he can see the smile underneath the mask. And, you know, we were talking for a little bit and I'll say, bro, you know, a little bit. I'm going to get your autograph. He's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. Cool. Cool. And the whole time I'm watching him. And like I told Tony, yeah, he wore the mask and I have the picture. You know, he has a mask on, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, you know, the whole time he's there, he's lifting up kids. He's holding them. He's shaking everybody's hands. He's getting everybody hugs. And a ton of people got sick from the national. Mm-hmm. I got sick. You know, I got covid, you know, so he's protecting himself. And, you know, for, for good reason, it it was a real thing being sick for, you know, I'm still trying to recover, you know, you know, three, four weeks later uh, from this whole COVID thing. So he gets a bad rap. He's a misunderstood, you know, dude. Um, But the whole experience, you know, getting in line for the the autograph, then like the funny story, I'll wrap it up. Is like, I get there. So I'm thinking, damn, you know, what, what, what color pen should I put on the card? I, I don't, I don't know. You know, I've never really done this. And I said, all right, I'm going to go with gold. So I get there. He's like, yo, uh, what color you want? I was like, gold. He's like, nah, nah. I'm like, "Nah." No? He's like, nah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, what do you suggest, sir? <laughs> he's like, black. I was like, black? I said, you know what? You're right. He's like, I got you. So he put the autograph, put it over his headband on, on, on the card. He said, like, what you think? I looked at it. I was like, man, that's a masterpiece, bro. Beautiful. He's like, you good? I said, I'm good, man. Gave him another handshake, pounded up, and I bounced. And then I had to sit in another two hours in line
0: for the uh, <laughs> authentication. But you know, here's the finished product. It's like, man. So this is uh, you know, uh, audio only. But he's holding up right now. The, the Allen Iverson card. He's got that the, the white headband on and that black the black autograph. That is, dude. That is dope. That is worth the uh, the four hours, however long you had to wait, man. Good for you. Congratulations on yeah, that. Yeah, bro that that was mm, that was definitely an experience, man. Man, I love that. So, all right, man i want to I want to ask another story. You guys, you shared both these stories on your own podcast. So, again, I encourage anybody who's listening to this that hasn't go back and check out the Cousins Collectibles podcast. Go check out their their national recap. But nonetheless, um, uh, Tony, you you've talked a lot about how. Roberto Clemente is your guy you had a really insanely fun story to listen to about how you acquired his 1955 tops rookie uh at the national a lot of uh, ups and downs no was on the edge of my seat listening to that podcast again he better walk away with this card when it's all said and done and you did but what I really want to know man is is what is it about Roberto Clemente what is it that draws you to his legacy and, and collecting his stuff man
2: yeah, um, and first, and kudos to you. You did that. Your used to do your episode countdown, and you had number twenty one, and you had him as number one. So I was like, okay, all right, Shane, all right. Guy, no, as a no brainer, yeah, man. No, knows what he's talking about. But um, yeah, no, with Clemente, um, and, and I've actually, it's almost like uh, I was thinking back a little bit a couple of days ago, and I, I was kind of like a little mad at myself that I started so late in life into getting into him, and his stuff. I mean, I've always known, you know, growing up at Puerto Rican who doesn't know who Roberto Clemente is. It's tough not to, you know, at some point or another, you know, your parent, your grandparents, somebody's going to have some type of story about him. But, um, you know, obviously I didn't I never saw him play. Uh, You know, he he passed before I I was around. But, um, you know, as I got back into cards, it's, you know, you you hear that collect what you like or collect what you love and things like that. And and I first want to start out with Michael Jordan. And I learned the hard way that you can't collect Michael Jordan. It's tough. (laughs) You you can collect them, Good right? You can collect them. If you want to collect the quote unquote good stuff, good luck with that. But, um, fast forward, you know, so I'm just going to kind of just finding my way in the hobby and here, you know, there's this, this hero staring me right in the face. And man, once I started just digging into, to, uh, his, his story and legacy and things like that, um, I'm like, man, this this is something I don't want to get behind. And you know, I started out just dabbling a little bit, got a, you know a little first card and a second card and things like that. And and I always had that rookie card as the pie in the sky. And um, that you know that that fifty, it's a fifty five tops. And that 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 set is notorious. You know, I mean, all those are for centering. It's tough. So it's tough to find a good card centered and with good color and all that stuff. But as far as what draws me to him, it's just, dude. I mean, this this guy was more than a, I mean, an awesome baseball player. Don't get like, I mean, it's not like you know, the guy was a great philanthropist at stuff. but this guy could go, he could hit, he could feel, he could do it all. Um, And, you know, as, as you go learn more about him, it, it's it's the stories, it's it's the people he touched and, and all that stuff. And, and what's what's wild is as I was digging and, and searching through things, I found a podcast and it's called the Talking 21 Podcast. And the host now has become a very good friend of ours And we talk all the time and we're actually going to be going to uh, up to New York in a few weeks to go for Roberto Clemente day to, to watch the game. So, you know, we're looking forward to that, but it's like, I just can't say enough good things about Clemente and his legacy. And and it's, and it's to be honest, like it's an easy, not easy, like you say, it's an easy guy to collect because I don't have to go for 50 parallels. There's just, you know, it's from 55 to 72 and that's it. Yeah, you know, if I want to get a split, and that's it. You know, now there's newer stuff that's right. made, but I don't have to. You know, there's not a goal. there's not a checker, there's not an elephant, there's none of this, there's none of that. You know, so it's it's one of those things too where it's it's an easy guy to put you know the run together.
0: So, well, I, I mean, you absolutely hit the nail on the head. I mean, CLEMENTE is an all timer not just on the field, but as a human. I mean, I encourage anybody. Again, I, I did this in the episode you talked about where I did the countdown. But if you're unfamiliar with, with CLEMENTE's legacy, really off the field more than anything. Please go do a little bit of uh, of research on that because it's that's the type of person we should all aspire to be. It's if you're gonna collect somebody, man, that, that's a dude to do it.
1: Yeah, real quick, you know, not to plug our our thing, but episode nineteen, we talk with Danny Torres, and and Danny Torres. He is a Roberto Clemente aficionado. Like anything you want to know, Roberto Clemente, this is the guy. And we interview him, and it, it's a must listen. Just if even just, like I said, it's not it's not a plug for us. It's just to learn about the man, the myth, the legend that was Roberto Clemente.
0: Dude, awesome. And, and you know what, man? Plug away, because I'm about to do the same thing with this next question anyway. Um, so you guys got the podcast. Again, I, I profess all the time. I, I told all my all my friends who who care to listen to me that if they're interested in, in cards at all, to, to check you boys out. But um, but tell me a little bit about that story. Why did you decide to start the content? How's it been going? And where do you see the future of, of your podcast going? Well, the reason we started it was as a joke, because <laughs>
1: <laughs> honestly, it wasn't really anything that we aspired to do. You know, we we got back into card collecting late in life, so here we are. We're collecting our cards. We're hot and heavy on eBay every night. We're texting back and forth, and we're listening to all the content that's out there, trying to you know soak it soak it all in. So every uh you know morning before I, I go to work, you know Tony's texting me, yo, don't forget to check this out. Oh yo, did you hear this one? Hey, look at this podcast. Da da da. And we're you know we're going back and forth, and then we start talking like, bro, why don't we do our own thing? You know? And and, and we're like, hey, yeah, why not? You know? And it, and it's joking around, and all of a sudden it just like kind of become serious um one of our boys was doing a podcast and at first I was kind of hating I was like what, what do you mean you're doing a podcast you, you know you're gonna go what, what are you gonna talk about sports everybody talks about sports what's gonna make you so special you know you start talking all this smack in your head like ah, I don't ever be successful that and then Tony's like we should do one I don't like, never be successful that and I was like effort let's do it so we start talking and for me, like, uh, you know, if you ever listen to my stuff, I'm a very shy, you know, individual and it's tough for me to do things like this. So to have Tony say, listen, we're gonna do this and I'm gonna make you a star, you know, that, you know, Tony's always like, you know, talking this nonsense like that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. He's like, nah, bro, we're gonna blow up. We're gonna do this and this. I'm like, okay. And it's funny because we 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 set all these things and we set all these goals and it's like little by little, you know we're hitting them and we're doing them and it's just happening and and i don't know why but it's just it's just something like i remember when we talked to peter pacman who's you know very influential in the hobby great guy and we were talking and i was like dude i said you know i always thought in my head that i was meant for something and i said i don't know you know my 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 mother she was a very religious woman and she would always uh go to these big conferences and talk in front of people like she's a meek modest humble woman about four foot two you know so unassuming but when she gets in front of a crowd it's like a totally different person she looks like she's 10 feet tall she com commands this crowd you know and i, I told peter i said i said maybe i got a little bit of that in me i said you know because when the lights come on you know it's showtime and and that's for me this is what it, it you know it, it's become this uh you know the, this release and 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 it's it's just been an unbelievable experience you know being every week with tony no matter what show must go on you know like there's a ton of things that go on that you can easily just say man i really don't want to record you know we don't have a topic we don't have anybody to interview i don't know tone but it's like you know like, nope nope gotta get focused and tony's really good at you know he he's the taskmaster he's the architect as i like to say um and he's he's the prophet as well because he prophesied you know everything that we uh we've we've been doing so tony i'll let you tell what your side of the story
2: yeah um one thing with our show too it's um if if you're gonna if you're looking for plays charts trends we're not the show for you you're never gonna hear that on our show because quite frankly i find that boring i don't I, I like collecting stuff for fun. I don't come here for, it's not here for class. I don't wanna look at charts. I don't want to, none of that stuff. I, and nothing wrong with that, it's just not for me. And you know, quite often, if you go to a card show or a hobby shop or whatever, or you see a fellow collector in the street, nine times out of 10, you're probably not gonna start talking about charts. <laughs> you're gonna talk about, hey, what are you collecting? What you've been up to, what do you have, this and that. And that's our show. And it's, it's uh, you know, we don't, you know, we're not out there, you know, we're not dealing and, and, and doing stuff you know, like that. And every, we don't have those type of stories, but we talk about what these cards mean to us and the relationships forged through that and, and things like that. And it's just, the show has evolved. And most of the time we're interviewing people, but it's because there's so many stories out there. Yeah, everybody seems to have the same, or like, you know, hobby origin story but you know how many people went to rip target it went to target to rip packs with, with the with the cashier and stuff and people they don't know just to make you know some type of invitation for their wives you know yeah we we, we know we're damn near 40 episodes in and it's we've only heard that once yeah. so um you know, and for you guys who don't know what i'm talking about check out the uh, check out our show with uh the sports card nobody as, as our guest and you might you know but, um, yeah, and, and,
0: um, that's a fantastic plug. That is the best plug. I yet. like that.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and, and that, and that's the show, you know, and, and, and every time we bring somebody on, it's something a little bit different. And again, it's, it's not, oh, here, here's the trends and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. I don't give a damn about that crap, man. I like, I don't need nobody to tell me that a Mickey, you know, I don't need a chart to tell me that a Mickey Mantle is, is I, I know that's going to be worth something. It's Okay so um you know, and as far as the, where's the show going it's we just see it continuing like that i mean there's tons of people out there in the hobby to talk to and there's stories that are still being made and you know we just look forward to just being along for the ride
0: those uh, those are phenomenal uh answers there man I, and i really want to speak quickly because um i re- i relate big time to um to oz what you're saying about being you know shy or introverted um you know the podcast for me has really helped me put myself out in a way that, you know, I, I tend to have this belief in my head that nobody, nobody cares what I have to say unless I get close to somebody and I, and I realize, oh, we're friends. This person might care that I, I have something to say or what my opinions are. But, uh, you know, when it comes to complete strangers or, you know, people that I, I don't really know in my head is like, they don't care about my life story at all. Um, so trying to like get deeper into this hobby and, and put myself out there and try to build better relationships and better relationships with, you know to share this with uh the podcast has been just like a phenomenal way to force myself to do that mm-hmm. um so yeah I mean I really completely re- relate to that and same thing when I I'm a collector I care about the collector side more than any other part of the uh of the hobby so huge reason I love what you guys are doing I keep kissing your butts <laughs> not just cuz you're on the show but because I mean it.
2: Hey hey Shane, real quick and kudos to you cuz like I mean, at least we have each other to lean on. If I'm having, you know, a slow day, the odds can pick me up or vice of, or whatever it is. So I mean, you're out there by, you know, you're you're, you know, one man band, you know, yeah, to, to, to you tough. know, to talk for 30 40 minutes and and it's not, you know, you you do a hell of a job, man. So kudos to you on that. Yeah,
1: and like I said on our show like you're the natural, bro. Like, I listened, you know, first time I heard your stuff, I was like, damn, this dude is smooth as hell. You know what I mean? And it just,
0: just come across like.
1: <laughs> dude, you're making me blush here, ah, man. Nah, dude, I'm serious. It, like, you're really good at what you do, so keep doing it, man.
0: Well, thank you. I, I genuinely appreciate it. I, I do get jealous of the of, of the fact that you guys got really good chemistry and have somebody to bounce off of, though, because that's, uh, you know. That's fun, but you know, I enjoy it and I love having guests on. And when I, when I get those opportunities, man, I, I relish it. And, th- and this is a huge moment having you guys on. So thank you. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm keeping you guys a little bit longer than I was hoping. So I want to get to this, this last thing, you know, I do the, um, I do the countdown most weeks It's become something that I, I one of my favorite parts of doing the show. Uh, and I, I've been wanting to do that with some guests. So I've got you guys on and I thought it would be fun to do a, a top five countdown, but we'll keep it local. We'll do Philly, athletes, top five Philly athletes of all time. Now you guys each got your own list. I got my own list. We all agreed to do this, but I got to be honest. I kind of lied to you guys a little bit because I didn't do my top five greatest athletes of all time. I did my top five Philly athletes that I hate of all time. So that's the way I'm, that's the way I'm going to do this list. And then uh, I'll go so first. I'll take it off and let you guys get the final <laughs> Yeah. Well, we'll see. So, all right, man. So, we actually already talked a little bit about some uh, some hate for uh, for the answer. Because my number five most hated athlete, Allen Iverson. <laughs> now, I'm going to be honest. I actually think Iverson was phenomenal. Respect the hell out of his game. But, bro, stepped right over Ty Lue like he was trash in game one of the, the 2001 finals or whatever year that yeah. was. And you know what, though? Lakers won the next four of those yeah. games and, and took that title. But I, I'll never forget the way he stepped right over Ty Lue like he was nothing, man. Get out of Bro, here. Bro, that
1: year, Allen was possessed. You know what I mean? If, if you just have an opportunity just to see highlights of that year, 2001, when he literally carried that team. You know, Larry Brown put together this hodgepodge of scrubs, you know, really that didn't score. It was all defense. And Aaron McKee. To, to put a little bit, a couple buckets in there, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you had what you had, like Tyrone Hill and the yeah. Kende Mutombo. And, <laughs> yo, you look at that squad, I'm like, how the hell did they do what they did? And it was because
0: Allen Iverson was just a monster that year, completely. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers won or lost one yeah, game in that, that playoff, was and that was the yeah. game. That was the Ty Lue step that over was game, my and champ- all of a sudden. That was my
2: championship. You know what I
1: mean?
0: After that, I'm like, <laughs> I don't even care anymore.
2: <laughs> but uh, nice, yeah, that, that's a nice curveball by you. Uh, for me, my my um, number five is Bernard Hopkins. Just um, a bit of, you know, might be a little bit curveball, but um, this dude undisputed middleweight. And and for me, the so my list is actually top five that I saw. You know, I could easily go, mm-hmm. you know, Wilt Chamberlain number one. It's, I, I I never saw Will play. I, I can't talk on. You know, that's just something. You know, that's a whole different thing. But um, yeah, five for me is Bernard Hopkins, man. You know, undisputed middleweight champ. Uh, He beat Oscar De La Hoya. He beat my guy, Felix Trinidad. And, um, you know, he actually had one of the coolest nicknames too, man. The guy, the executioner. I remember he used to come to the ring with with an executioner's mask on. So, um, you know, I just, I didn't appreciate him at the time. But now looking back and when you sent this, I'm like, dude, he was a bad dude. Yeah. So, you know. for a long time. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, my number five is going and you know, thinking outside the box, um, is Rocky Balboa. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. He basically embodied Philly. I know he's a fictional character. You're so uh, Philly, bro. Yeah, but bro, that that, <laughs> that 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 is Rocky. Rocky is Philly, he's the ultimate underdog, you know, hard worker, blue-collar, determined. You know, he's always ready. And you know, he beat Ivan Drago. You can't beat that. Come on.
0: And Mr. T. <laughs> I do. I, I love that one. I, I'm always interested if if Philly folks actually embrace Rocky as a Philly athlete, the soul, the spirit, and all that sort of stuff. Man, I, that's a great. Yeah, pick. there's
2: actually and real quick before you go to four. There's um before the Eagles games start, they play like a hype video, and Mick comes on. And it's that scene where, wow, you know, man. they're in the hospital and, you know, and it, and it goes, you know, what are we waiting for? And man, the bell's toll and everybody goes nuts. And, you know, and it's, you know, they do the whole thing. And it's, yeah it's, yeah. we, we, it's we, we we're marks. I, I got chills
0: right now and I'm not a <laughs> yeah guy. Yeah, and I got chills thinking about that. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely marks for that. All right. Number four, again, you know, a lot of this is biased, but my number four. Philly guy that I uh, I am not a fan of and that's Kurt Schilling now to be fair <laughs> most of my Kurt Schilling hate comes from the four years he was in Arizona and he's helping a, an NL West uh, rival win a win a World Series a little torn because they did stop that Yankees you know dynasty mm-hmm. or whatever but watching him and Randy Johnson dominate was infuriating and I'll <laughs> give him credit for for starting his career in Philly and you know some things that have happened since he's retired <laughs> I won't go down yeah. that road right now, but has made it kind of hard to stay.
2: Yeah, him. yeah, he's he's tough. I remember him when he would um, so when he would pitch with the Phillies, and he'd pitch, mm-hmm. you know, eight innings, solid, boom, you know, two to one, walk off, and you know, and he'd sit down and put his <laughs> the towel over his head as Mitch Williams walks onto the mound to pretty much screw up the game that he just you know pitched <laughs> in. and and do no confidence,
0: and I'm like, what a what a teammate you know, but, um, so Mitch Williams, not on your list. I'm guessing
2: Mitch Williams. No, no, he was actually number six, (laughs) but you know, he just, just, just missed it. The cut there. But, um, so for me it is, um, for is chase Utley, you know, big chase, um, dude, you know, what can you say about chase leader, you know, four-time all-star, you know, world series champion and probably has one of the, probably the best quotes in Philadelphia sports history. Um, I don't want to say it, you know, um, but
0: I could, boot yeah, you yeah.
2: I'm <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> you know, look it up, but it has something to do with the 2000, you know, with the world series champion, but, um, yeah, it, it, dude, that guy. And and he was just, you know, with him, Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, uh, all those guys were homegrown. And it was just nice to see that whole team come together. But he was kind of the heart and soul of of, of the team. So that, that's number four for me.
1: Yeah, my number four is Charles Barkley. Obviously the round man the rebound. Uh, you know, in his prime, I'm going to be dead ass. This is a serious ass comment. Like he was only second to Jordan in his prime. If you look at the Olympics, when they played the dream team, He was the effing man on the dream team. He he yo. He was the leader. He was roughing dudes up. He was the leading scorer. He was rebounding. He was you know like he he took the pressure off of Jordan, and the world just came to see what Charles Barkley was about. And that was a preview to what he you know became on TNT now and and the personality that he is and the and the dude's just funny as hell.
0: Very opinionated. Um, You know, Charles Barkley's the man, bro. I that's fair, man. He got overshadowed quite a bit. I mean, a lot of people in that era did, you know, good luck, you know, when Jordan was doing his thing. But, um, but man, when I was a kid, I mean, Barkley was larger than life. He was a dude that was must see if you couldn't watch Jordan. I mean, I, that's a, that's a phenomenal pick. No, no, absolutely no hate towards Barkley. You know, for me at all, dude, he was, he was something to watch. Um, uh, But you know, I do have folks to hate and coming up on my number three, you guys actually probably going to agree with me on this one. But Terrell Owens, man.
2: Oh, no, 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 dude no, was a, no, no, Go ahead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, dude was a beast for the 49ers. Well on his way to the Hall of Fame type career. Then he went and, you know, did full T.O., forced his way out. We got um, a fifth round pick from you guys. And uh, like Brandon Whiting from Baltimore yeah. in that three-team trade for one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. And then he goes on to have a lot of phenomenal success with you guys. Uh, it didn't work out. I definitely was rooting pretty hard against the Eagles in that particular Super Bowl <laughs> mm-hmm. because I could not root for T.O. at that point. But that's my number three most hated uh, Philly athlete.
2: Uh, dude, when we got T.O., you know, that for me, because that was the missing piece. Up until then, Andy Reid didn't give a crap about the wide receiver position. He thought that he could scheme his way through uh, with, you know, West Coast. Yeah, with, uh, you know, Larry Moe and Curly. At, at the at the receivers like yeah Todd Pinkston uh James Thrash and you know the, the list goes on and on but um when we got that I was that man I was over the moon and because T.O. I'm like wow and man and that you know Donovan that's all he needed and they just you know right away boom they're just like the man one of the premier you know duos and then you know things happened and it's a shame um because I I'm like man if, if you know things would have happened a little bit different Cause those, those Eagles teams of the two thousands were just ridiculous. Um, they were constantly, you know, in the mix and it was just, you know, it, it's a shame that, that it didn't happen, but man, I, uh, man, T.O. to this day, man, I'm like, I, every time people come I'm like, nah, man, T.O. was, was he was the man and just things just went sideways, you know?
1: Bro. I remember the first play from scrimmage when they played yeah. Baltimore in the preseason game. And yep. it was like one yard touchdown to T.O. I was like, Oh my God, this is going to get ugly. Like, and it's funny because, like, you talk about those teams, the Eagles, and I really think that's what has made you jaded as a fan because, you know, we get to what four straight NFC championship games. Yeah. We, you know, we win one, get to the Super Bowl yeah. one time, and then we lose to the Patriots. But it's like every year was a buildup from when Andy Reid got there, it was like bang, 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 bang. And, you know, he was there for 11 years. But for those 11 years, you always thought you were going to win it. And you, we never, you know, we never won it. So then it's like, you just become this pessimistic, you know, mm-hmm. type fan. And 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 Tony to this day is like he's like, nope, nope, not, I'm not going all, all in, nope. Mm-mm. And even you know, <laughs> we win the Super Bowl. He's like, nah, I don't think uh Nick Foles did that. Nah, I gotta I gotta rewatch
2: that. <laughs> nah, but it, he says that. But on Sundays, I'm like, you know, I'm cheering like like no no tomorrow. But that, actually, that's perfect leading, man. My number three is Brian Dawkins. Um, okay. Yeah, man. You know freaking four-time all-pro nine-time pro pro bowler dude and just can hit you like a truck Mm. i mean like i remember you know there was the highlight where he you know nailed Algie crumpler over the middle and um just blasted that dude and um to Algie's credit he got up you know so but um yeah man i mean that guy you want to talk about the heart and soul of a team of a city like that dude is that guy man and to this day i mean that guy you know he, he can't do no wrong you know, in the city of
0: Philadelphia. Dude, uh, Dawkins was absolutely phenomenal to watch. I, you know, I, I really, I don't have a lot of like real animosity towards Philly teams in general, you know, besides these guys on my list. But, um, but, and Dawkins was somebody, I actually, I loved to watch him play. You're not like, dude, he would hit dudes and you weren't sure how they got back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And there was no, know, you, you know, it wasn't dirty.
1: That, yeah. that, that he, uh, we were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers and he like jumped through the air to, to strip the ball from Ben oh, Roethlisberger. Yeah. yeah. He looked like a wild animal, like Wolverine. He's like, <laughs>
0: weapon, X, right? yeah, weapon X, right? Weapon X. Weapon so X. Crazy on the field.
1: So my number three, <laughs> Dr. J, Julius er- mm. You know, they won the championship finally in 1983. They had gone to four NBA finals before finally getting Moses and, you know, stealing the deal. And this dude is just the epitome of sophistication, bro. Cool as hell, you know, NBA legend. He walks into the room. It's like, everything stops. It's like, oh shit, Dr. J,
0: you know, this <laughs> legendary, bro. That's my man. Awesome picks. All right. So my number two is a little less fun. And I really debated if I should even go here, but I, I decided to do it anyway. But my number two is Ben Chapman. Now, listen, Ben Chapman, uh, you know, he was manager of the Phillies when when um, when Jackie Robinson trying to break in and, and dealing with everything to deal with. And Chapman was not the only guy that really gave Jackie a hard time, you know, but especially with the movie 42 Alan Tudyk, who played his character, he's really sort of become semi the face of that hatred and that disgustingness. So this one really isn't a fun pick, but I wanted to put him on there just to really even give a little more credit to what Jackie had to go through, the type of things he had to deal with to really accomplish what he did. So while Chapman was not alone in being that type of person, especially in that era, I don't know, F that guy is all I want to say about that one. So that's my number two is Ben Chapman.
2: Yeah, a thousand percent, man. That you know, that that's um something that and we we talked about that a few episodes ago with our guy Corky. Um, that's something that sometimes gets swept under the rug, you know, being the, the Phillies being that type of organization, you know, and, and you know, we hope that things yeah you know, things have changed and hopefully things get keep getting better. But that's yeah, that's you know, F that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't realize, you know, we, we we look back and we look at these cards, you know, the Jackie Robinsons and the Willie Mays and you know Roberto Clemente and you don't realize what these guys had to do to succeed you know what I mean it's like a 1 in a million chance just to become you know get into major league baseball but then to overcome all that bullshit
0: man like these dudes were like pff, those are heroes bro because yeah like legitimate heroes you know, it wasn't yeah, just that's about baseball right we throw that word around a lot for um for athletes and for celebrities in general right you know and, and I'm always a little weary of of celebrity worship but for real, like the guys that you just mentioned are, are legitimate heroes. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, dude, some sometimes these guys are going home and they don't know what's waiting for them and all kinds of craziness, man. So yeah, dude, that's you know I know now we're talking about guys now that just oh my god, you took a picture of me because I was walking out, man, dude. You don't even come right, on, bro. Right. <laughs> all right,
0: but moving on, now, you're number two. Number two for me is AI. Um, all
2: right. Yep, AI, just because you know, just. The dude pound for pound and oz, and you know, he'll, he'll probably pontificate on this a little bit more but um you know it, it's dude the guy you know single-handedly takes them to the to the finals that year and and, and you know most of the time he's, he was with the sixers it was a kind of a one-man band and and he just guy wore his heart on his sleeve and and you know he's just one of, he, he epitomized what we go at like what we gravitate towards as fans it's effort it's you know just I don't, you know, yeah, he had some stuff on the, you know, but, all, but I, but when it came time to play, like when the lights came on, it was go time and we, we just, we got, we got, I got to respect that. You
0: know? Yeah. Dude, AI watching him play was like simultaneously infuriating and jaw dropping at the same time. You just, you couldn't understand how he was pulling off what he was pulling off the way he would throw himself at the hoop and and the ball would go in. It was incredible. And, and something that absolutely doesn't get talked about enough, we hear all the time about the uh, talking about practice mm-hmm. press conference, right? And the, and the way that went. But how often that we don't talk about the fact that he had just lost a friend, and like the way that whole thing unfolded is is if you watch the whole thing, is really uncomfortable when you realize this is a man who's in pain, in yeah. real pain, not not sports pain, but real life pain, and still carrying himself through that in a way that's become a meme, in a way that's really become disrespectful, and people don't even realize it. My respect for, for AI, even though I had him on number five mm-hmm. for the for the step over, Alan Iverson he he was that dude.
1: Yeah, he was the dude.
0: I won't <laughs> get into it anymore. But
1: um number two for me is Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Gotta put him on the list. Uh, They were the 67 champions for us. Um, You know, he's in the top player of all time conversation. What can you say about this dude? He averaged 50 points a game. You know what I mean? Like 20, 30 rebounds. Who knows how many blocks? They weren't even keeping track of that at the time. And then, uh, you know, to score 100 points in a game. And the dude was just phenomenal. Like, if you ever watch those highlights, it's like a man amongst boys, literally. You know? And... uh, you know, it's yeah, changed the game. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Bill Russell here who, you know, he was just the unassuming type guy and, and he he basically owned Wilt. You know, that that's the funny part. And you know, Wilt was the man, but you know, everybody has like their Achilles heel and Bill Russell was that guy. Because honestly, Wilt should have had, you know, as many championships
0: as as the Celtics, but you know, it's easy just two. Yeah, yeah he, he finished that fourteen years in the in the you know changed changed the way basketball was played with the way rules had to get changed for him, and right. he only came away with two titles, one yeah. one there and one in L.A. Yeah, and 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 has a nice big role in uh, Conan the,
1: the Destroyer. I don't know if you guys remember that.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I think his name was Bombada. <laughs> Did you guys see the picture that just recently has been shared? Um, has been making the rounds. It's Will and um standing next to arnold schwarzenegger uh and andre the giant it's those two and schwarzenegger looks like me <laughs> next to those two dudes wow no that's I, uh you, you should, know, should definitely check that yeah. out yeah. so my number one you know obviously ben chapman's really the the real number one but the number one here matt f-ing stares listen Listen, Yo. <laughs> you guys have talked a lot about, about, you know, the Eagles four straight NFC championships and all that, the pain that comes with it, man, the Dodgers had never won a world series in my lifetime up to this point, point. 2008, that, that 2000 era, it seemed like the Dodgers were on the up. It seemed like they were getting close. And that particular series, man, Jonathan Broxton comes in, the game is tied five to five. I think it is. He's the best, one of the best closers in the game at, in that year, this dude, Matt stairs, who had no right being on a field for all intents and purposes, comes up for to, to pinch hit and just smacks a 3-1 pitch for a two-run home run and just completely and utterly crushed any hope we had. The series goes 3-1 at that point. No chance of recovering. Phillies go on to win the you know the World Series with that phenomenal team you guys had. Guys like you've already talked about, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Jimmy Ross, all those dudes, and it was Matt Stairs yeah. who just crushed crushed my dreams and um i I don't think i'll ever get over that one
2: <laughs> so i went so i went to the parade for you know for that for that world series and they're coming through and you know everybody's coming through there goes jimmy there goes da. da, 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 da. so I, and at this point you know at first they had barricades set up where mm-hmm. you were kind of i don't know maybe 100 feet away from from where the floats were coming through well in typical you know, parade fashion. I don't want to just say it's probably exclusive to Philly, but those barricades didn't last very long. So at this point, we're just right up against the, where the floats are coming through and, you all know, here come all the big guys and this and that. And so here comes another float and I'll be damned. And I look up and there we are face to face, myself and Matt Stairs.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> and
2: I'm like, and this is no joke. And I, uh, it's crazy. And, and so and I just look up and I'm like, it's Matt Stairs. And everybody just starts going nuts around. Me. I'm like, oh, and, and that's talking about, uh, yeah, that's that ball. I don't think it's landed yet. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting a little angry. Over here. <laughs> that's good stuff. See, This is why, you know, this is this is okay. This is, you know, this yeah. is this is where the Philly fandom comes through and, you know, it's all right. But, um, hey, number one for me is Reggie White. Nice. Um, you know, Dude, redefine the position, man. And um, it's a shame he, he didn't get to finish his career in Philadelphia. But, I mean, dude, the accolades, as I'm looking it up, and I'm like, man, it's like, dude, what, you know, what doesn't this guy have? You know, it's, it's – actually, his number's retired from the Eagles and the Packers, so it's, it's just – but, yeah, man, that guy just redefined the position, and he's got highlights. I mean, I still see him picking up the guy from the Cowboys with one arm. On Thanksgiving, I think it was on Thanksgiving Day or whatever it was, but um, you know, just boom, uh, Trent Williams, I think is his name, was something big offensive lineman, just boom, one one hand and just tips him over and just goes and destroys Aikman, which was always nice. So it's Reggie for me.
1: Yeah, Reggie White was a beast, bro. That was the man, and he was gonna be on my list, but I wanted to stay uh, basketball centric with with the you know Rocky Balboa anomaly. Uh, But since I'm going with basketball, you guys probably already know who my number one is. It's my PC, and we've already spoken about him several times. Um, But he is deservedly the number one spot, whether it be for the number one hate or number one (laughs) all time. It's my man, AI. You know what I mean? Like uh, he said at one point, I wasn't a point guard. I was a killer. You know, that was his mentality. He went out there every time every play you know you always oh, talk about practice that all that now nah, you get out on the court this man's giving you 110 everything he has he left it on the court you know there's players out there today that you know they're dogging it you know especially during the season and you're like dude play the game you know joel Embiid, and it's like dude you're not playing you're playing about 70 right now i need you at you know i had 100 every game but it's like nah. and then you know they're taking days off Allen was like, "Nah, I'm going out there. He could be at the casino the night before, gambling, drinking, getting high, doing whatever the hell. But the game time showed up. I'm
0: getting me thirty-five and ten. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm busting your ass. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I mean, like you said, we we've said a lot about AI, but it's true. And I don't I don't know if there's a better description about him than the fact that he was a killer. And the game the game has changed a lot since he since he was you know at his prime. But um, but man, the way he resonated with the fans, both, you know, polar opposites, people who love him or hate him, but he was influential, man. He was influential on, on the culture around the game. He was, he had a lot more impact than just scoring baskets.
1: Bro. Think about it. When, when he got the cornrows, when he got the tattoos, everybody got him. He, you know, he influenced like now, you know what I mean? There wasn't people tatted up like that. Now everybody's tatted up in the NBA. You know, it's just, it's like a rite of passage, but that all comes from Allen Iverson and and his whole hip hop and, you know, the way he would dress. They they literally had to put a, a dress code because they were like, yo, Allen's putting, you know, making this shit crazy. <laughs>
0: well, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, about Jackie Robinson and things that they had to go through. And obviously things were different for a- a- AI to an extent, yeah. but, he got labeled thug, dressing like a thug, dressing, you know, like unprofessional. And he dealt with, you know, the fact that the league changes the dress code because he's just trying to be himself yeah. in a way that legitimately connected with the fans. I mean, right. this is what you want, right? You want your, your athletes to go out there and, and be one of the people, you know? I mean... Baseball has this this massive problem where it seems like they can't stop being old white men that be cool, be likable. Yeah. AI was the epitome of that. Yeah. So I, I really, I really, I, I, I'll hate on them because I, I'll hate on them in a sports way, yeah. but AI was was phenomenal. All right, guys, listen, this went a little bit longer than I expected. So I, I really thank you so much for your time, but I'm going to go ahead and let you get out of here. That top five was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for for playing along with me on that. But before you go, I mean, share it plug away where can people find you where can people come hear you give it all up
2: yeah so um our show is is cousins collectibles podcast uh we release episodes every monday so that's the podcast form and then we do and then we release that same episode on youtube for the video part of it and that those that comes out on thursdays um and we're on instagram follow us at cousins underscore collectibles that's kind of the main um, i run that account for us um it's kind of a dual account but you know oz has his own and he'll you know kind of give you all that good stuff but that's uh you know if you want to get in touch with us um that's something that you know just reach out um and you know we're just regular dudes talking regular stuff <laughs> yeah.
1: anybody you know you're a collector you got a story to tell hit us up man you know whether you want to hit us in through the dms and chat or you want to get on the show you know we we're, we're always looking to get the collector's point of view across and like tony said just getting those stories out there that need to be told because, yeah, we all, you know, collected as a kid and, yeah, we all stopped and, yeah, we all got back into it. But, you know, that's where things change and everybody goes their, you know, their separate ways, whether they're collecting wrestling or they're collecting basketball or they're collecting Clemente. It doesn't matter. You know, there, there's, you know, different strokes for different folks. So, you know, I mean, definitely if you get a chance, check us out. Um, you know, it, it, we, we tend to do things a little bit different. We You know, we, we, we have some music in the beginning. We like to do, uh, you know introductions specific to, to the, uh, you know, guests that we have on or for whatever topic. So, you know, we like to have fun
0: and, uh, you know, just chop it up, man. That's what it's all about. Awesome. Cousin Oz, the people's mailman, cousin, Tony, the architect, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you, it. I am not lying to you when I say how much I love talking to those two gentlemen that you just heard on the show cousins collectibles podcast go find it anywhere you can pod go find them on instagram because they are doing some really cool stuff in this hobby making it better and more fun for all involved but listen that's the show i hope you enjoyed it as always don't hesitate if you want to reach out and tell me what you think at sports card nobody on instagram at sport card nobody on twitter like subscribe all that stuff i talked about in the front end ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening Have a good
1: night.